Ladies and Gentlemen, welcome to our new episode of Konrad Adenauer Stiftung's podcast on Belarus. My name is Jakob Wernstein and today we are going to talk about what Western sanctions mean for Belarus. We are going to talk to two very competent experts. First of all, Dr. Katerina Varnokova, the academic director of the academic think tank for economic research, Berok, which has been named the number one think tank of Belarus. The war has changed uh, this approach to the sanctions completely, uh, and uh, now they that this is the reason why these sanctions are much more dangerous for the economy. And secondly, we have with us Mr. Alias Alaknovich, who is the vice president of the Center for Social and Economic Research, and also Svetlana Tikhonovskaya's representative on the topics of economic reform. By sanctions. Uh, massive sanctions against the uh, Belarusian economy. Probably it will not um, uh, bring Belarus closer to democratization, but rather it will bring the Belarusian society closer to become poorer society. When we talk about Western sanctions on Belarus, I think it makes sense to remind ourselves that Belarus has constantly been subject to Western sanctions for over 20 years. Although what we see right now since the falsified elections of 2020 is a new dimension. So before starting uh, the dialogue with our experts, let's take a look at which sanctions are actually in place. Pascal Tukai, who is presently doing an internship at our office, prepared a little overview for us. Since 2020, Lukashenko's ongoing violations of human rights and international law have caused an unprecedented spiral of sanction packages. The EU imposed its first sanction package after Lukashenko's election fraud in 2020. It consists of travel bans and asset freezes against Belarusian state authorities. The second and third sanction packages followed in the same year. In doing so, these sanctions were extended on more people, including Lukashenko himself. Moreover, Not only more persons were added, but also Belarusian organizations profiting from the regime. The fourth package were imposed after the Ryanair hijacking and the fifth one after the migration crisis at the Belarusian border in 2021. At this point, 183 people and 26 organizations from Belarus working for the regime, whether they are high-ranked authorities or bodies in the ministries, judicial system, part of the propaganda machine or in business, were on a sanction list. After the outbreak of the Russian invasion in Ukraine, the EU added not only 22 additional persons on the sanction list, but imposed trade and financial sanctions. The trade restrictions concern especially the Belarusian mineral, heavy and defense industry. The financial restrictions target the international transactions and financial flows of Belarus. Furthermore, the vast majority of Western states imposed sanction packages to a similar extent. Among them are the US, the UK, Canada, and moreover, Japan imposed sanctions to a comparably lower extent as a reaction on the Russian invasion. Other countries such as Switzerland, all members of the European Free Trade Association, and most of the EU candidate members joined each EU sanctioned package every single time. Thank you, Pascal. And now let's start the conversation with our experts. Katerina, we see there are several sanctions packages, but now there is a war going on and Belarus is deeply involved since the, the Russian army is using its territory for the attack on Ukraine. How do the sanctions work? But what has the bigger effect, the sanctions or the war? Well, first of all, let me say that the sanctions we have seen before the war, they were designed uh, 
um, explicitly to avoid hurting Belarusian economy too much. They had loopholes, they were quite weak, they had delayed the effects. Uh, so uh, we didn't expect much from them. What we have right now is much stronger sanctions. They cover a uh, wider variety of uh, industries. They are much stricter. They don't have exceptions. They start acting right now, not only for new contracts, which will be signed in half a year. Uh, so, uh, But what impact will it have? It will have large impact because the EU is uh, 24% of Belarusian exports of goods. And now about 70% of those exports are somehow subject to s- sanctions. Right. Uh, so this is impressive in its own. But what's more impressive is the effects of war, of course, because uh, aside from the EU, Belarus was also trading extensively with Russia and with Ukraine. In U- Ukraine, in particular, is 14% of Belarusian exports. And moreover, part of Belarusian exports goes through the Ukraine uh, to reach international markets. So Ukraine was very important logistically as well in Ukrainian ports. Now having uh, being cut off from the uh, ports in Lithuania and in Ukraine uh, and losing also parts of Russian market because Russian economy is projected to shrink by at least 10% this year. Uh, we expect that all of this would have a huge impact on uh, Belarusian economy. So these indirect trade effects might be much larger than the EU sanctions now imposed. Alias, we've heard that those sanctions packages include different uh, types of sanctions, but also target different parts of the Belarusian economy. Can you shed some light on how those sanctions exactly work on and in Belarus? So uh, let's um, separate, distinguish between uh, financial and trade sanctions. Uh, In terms of financial sanctions, even before the war, uh, there were already some effects. For example, uh, the freezing of cooperation with the public sector from international financial institutions like European Bank of Reconstruction and Development, European Investment Bank, uh, European Commission itself, uh, um, the World Bank um, was still cooperating with the public sector in Belarus, but after the war it stopped. There was uh, practically uh, the closure of uh, international financial markets for new sovereign bond issuance. Uh, And also the European Union introduced um, the um, sanctions for um, new banking financial uh, financing for Belarusian state-owned banks. So even before the war, financial sanctions worked and they were um important for the Belarusian economy. In terms of uh, trade sanctions, I agree with Katerina that um, there, there were too ma- many, many loopholes. Uh, it was uh, pretty easier for um, wallets of the regime to avoid, for example, personal sanctions on uh, themselves or their business entities. And uh, these loopholes were closed in January and February this year, so before the war see that in the previous sanctions packages, there was always this differentiation between the regime and its cronies on the one hand, and on the other hand, a broader population of Belarus, but also private business. Is this differentiation still valid and being applied now? I think now the logic is that the economies of both Russia and Belarus should be hit hard 
And uh, there is already no thinking about uh, people or private sector. So we see, for example, that if before the logic on imposing sanctions on timber and wood production in Belarus was that we don't do that because there are a lot of private uh, companies uh, which work in this sector. Now it's under sanctions after the war. So I would say that the war has changed uh, this approach to the sanctions completely. Uh, and uh, now they, the, this is the reason why these sanctions are much more dangerous for the economy. So do you think it is the right approach to put them all in one basket and have sanctions in place that even hit the broader population and private business at the same time? Or is it counterproductive in terms of not punishing those who are actually against the war themselves? That's a difficult question. And, um, you know, it's very difficult to answer it for me because on the one hand, I worked uh, a lot on uh, helping build the Belarusian private sector. And it hurts seeing uh, how people suffer right now. On the other hand, uh, I've uh, heard uh, the, ra uh, <coughs> the bombs falling down on me from Belarusian land. And uh, yes, I would like Belarus and Russia not to have enough money to bomb my uh, homeland and my family. Yeah, well, that is, of course, absolutely understandable. And you told us that you were yourself based in Kiev when the war began and you had to flee with your family. And sanctions are obviously meant to stop repressions, to stop the war. Uh, on the other hand, we often hear that sanctions, economic sanctions especially, are not really able to change the calculus of an authoritarian system or a dictator waging war because their calculation is of a different nature. They want to, to prevail no matter what, preserve their power or win uh, the war. Uh, on the other hand, we hear from many researchers working on sanctions that it is not the sanctions themselves when being applied, but rather the threat perception that there could be even more uh, sanctions in the future that might change your behavior. Now, if that is true, we would probably have to conclude that the sanctions policy of the West was a failure because now we have the war. Alex, do you think that a different sanctions policy against Lukashenko's regime could have actually prevented the war? I believe that yes, if um, even if we go uh, earlier uh, in the past, if the sanctions against the Russia for the Crimea and Donbas uh, would be tougher um, and implemented by many, many more countries, and from then perhaps Russia would, would have changed its policy. Without this lesson, and there was Belarus obviously in 2020, and again, these sanctions, especially the first packages of European sanctions, were uh, toothless. They were just symbolic ones. They were not hurting the The, the, the economic mechanisms inside the regime. So I think that there were two mistakes, not only in 2020, but also in 2014. But then from your point of view, are the present sanctions in any way uh, suitable to bring peace to Ukraine, but also support the case of democracy for Belarus? I think that uh, until there are Russian troops and Russian tanks on the Belarusian ground, Uh, it will be not possible to uh, democratize Belarus without the prior democratization or pa parallel democratization in Russia. And by this, it's very important to understand this fact that by sanctions, uh, massive sanctions against the uh, Belarusian economy, probably it will not um, uh, bring Belarus closer to democratization, but rather it will bring the Belarusian society closer to become poorer society. Uh, and still uh, not uh, get to the 
to the point where we will start uh, democratic reforms. So do you think, is there anything that could still be done or threatened with in terms of additional sanctions that could change the calculus of Mr. Putin, but also Lukashenko at this point in time? Well, uh, both countries uh, have seen their banks uh, sanctioned by the US and also by Europe by cutting off uh, access to SWIFT. And uh, both of them didn't see the major banks, uh, the largest banks, uh, sanctioned. So I think these are two obvious cases for escalation of sanctions. And we might see that there are rumors that the U.S. is going to sanction Sberbank, the largest bank in Russia, uh, for the massacre at Bucha. And uh, for Belarus, the other thing that remains is that the U.S. didn't uh, froze its international reserves, only the U EU did. So we have these two major ways to still go, you know, to impose sanctions on major financial institutions and to freeze another part of the reserves. And I think, I really believe that the sanctions imposed right now and the threat of the sanctions which couldn't be imposed further, and actually Belarus seeing quite uh, uh, strongly how this could work on the example of Russia, Uh, this is something that probably deterred, um, possibly deterred the Belarusian army of directly participating in the conflict. Well, that is a noteworthy and somewhat also plausible hypothesis, although obviously it is a part of the nature of the subject that we're talking about that is impossible to prove 100% what was the actual decisive factor, but still... Um, I think it will be considered, um, since even what is happening now, the situation, uh, the, the war against Ukraine, is not happening in a vacuum. The world politics is looking at what is going on, how the West is reacting. And again, if we think that uh, the reaction of the West and the, the, the forcefulness, the decisiveness of uh, reactions will be noted, then I think there is another country which we have not talked about today at all, uh, which will take note of how determined the West is and how strong sanctions are which is China. Uh, but I think this is um, already taking us to a different level. So let me thank you very much today, uh, Alias and Katarina, for being with us, for your insights and your time. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Hope you'll be back for our next episode of the podcast. All the best and goodbye.